Jared Robert Kelnick. That's it. That's the cold open. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Thursday, September 22nd, 2022. This is Tide Gonzalez and Colby Patnode for the Locked On Mariners postgame show. Thank you so much for making us your first listen after the game. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube, or subscribe to the show and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you want to hear from us even more, consider signing up for our Patreon. The link as well as our social accounts are in the description of the show, wherever you're watching or listening to this. Oh, man, it feels good to talk about a win today. Seriously. Like, (laughs) the last few days have been utterly depressing to watch, particularly from, you know, when it comes to this offense. This Mayor's offense has been atrocious. But today they explode for nine runs out of nowhere, out of seemingly thin air. They pull nine runs and uh, overcome a five to three deficit. It looked like, oh, no, the, the Mariners are in danger of getting swept by one of the worst teams in baseball. Uh, And, you know, we're going to be talking about the Julio Rodriguez injury. We're going to be talking about George Kirby's struggles. But, Colby, we need to start with the man of the hour, Jared Kelnick, who in his first start since being recalled from AAA Tacoma in Disney movie script fashion helps a stagnant Mariners offense do what it did today and hopefully break out of this pathetic slump that it's been in over the last few days um, aside from that one game against the Angels by the way a message to the Mariners you guys know that you can win games on days that we don't do a post-game show right like that is allowed you know we we don't need to just only talk about wins on here but I digress what a day it was for Jerry Kelnick who goes two for three with a walk an absolute moonshot of a solo home run and an RBI double that knotted things up at five apiece. The Mariners, of course, jumped out to a 3-0 lead in this game with a big first inning against Adrian Martinez. Uh, but then, you know, George Kirby, and we'll talk about him a little bit later, had a very uncharacteristic day. Uh, the A's get a five spot in what was it, the third or fourth inning. And uh, fortunately, that was it for the A's. Uh, but Kelnick led the way here for the M's. Uh, the solo home run brought things within uh, one run, and then he was able to get the uh, additional run that they needed to knock things up his next time through the lineup. How big was this for for Jared Kelnick? And, and you know, considering the way that Jesse Winker continues to play, last night was another rough night for Winker. He, of course, was the DH today. Kind of seems like Kelnick is, or at least should, be getting uh, most of the starts there in left field, right? Uh, I'm just trying to figure out what Kelnick did that was so impressive today mm. is all. He took a walk, hit a 440-foot home run, like hustle double where he broke the 30 feet per second uh, mark that is considered elite, um, 30.1 feet per second. Like didn't really show off much of his game. No mistakes in the field. Just kind of, you know, just kind of was. That's all it was. It was what it was. Um, Yeah, Jared is – in a really good position right now to uh, produce numbers because he did make some changes at AAA. Uh, he's covering more at the zone right now. He is uh, swinging and missing at a lot fewer pitches. Uh, he's missing um, a lot fewer pitches when he gets them to hit. Uh, and that, that's that been true since 
he got sent back down again uh, in what was that mid-August. Uh, he went down there and he made the changes and the numbers bared out. His strikeout rate continues to drop. His hard hit rate, um, I think before he was recalled in August 14th, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but it was hovering around 20% hard hit rate uh, when he got sent back down to AAA until he made his like fourth debut today. Uh, that hard hit rate in AAA was 44%. So yeah, he's did he did make some changes. He's covered more of the plate. And for the next, you know, two weeks, he's going to be facing largely major league pitching, no doubt, but certainly not. I mean, it's it's four A and and it, it's it's not Garrett Cole and Nestor Cortez and and right. It's it's a bunch of bad pitching staffs, more or less. Uh maybe a few good good arms sprinkled in there, but for the large part, it's going to be mostly, you know, eh. Major League Arms, which is something Kelnick should hit because he saw a lot of those in AAA. So uh, he's in a good position right now, both at the plate um, and based on the quality of opponent he's going to face uh, here in the last few weeks to kind of get on a roll and hopefully carry that because, yeah, his defense is significantly better than Jesse Winker. There's no question about that. It's it's better than, than Mitch Hanniger too. But, um, you know, you can't replace both of those with one guy. So... Uh, uh, yeah, I, I think Kelnick is going to play a lot. There's no reason for him not to. Uh, they probably still protect him against a tough lefty. That's probably when we see Dylan Moore out there in the outfield, Sam Haggerty in the outfield. Um, there's a lefty coming up, I believe, in this Kansas City series, uh, if I'm not mistaken. So we'll see what they decide to do. They might not have a choice with Julio, who we'll talk about later. Uh, but yeah, Kelnick, this was a this was the first time he came up and performed in his first opportunity. The first time he came up, he went 0 for 4 the first night. Uh, you know, the second time he came back up in September, he wasn't very good for a little while. Uh, or what was that, July last year? He wasn't that good for a little while. Uh, and then this year he came, you know, wasn't good, got sent back down, came back up, wasn't very good. And so this is kind of the first time he started out on the right foot. And, and you know, you kind of saw the entire game today, the power, the patience, the speed. Um, it was all on display today, and it's just a good reminder of, this is the ceiling of Jared Kelnick. And if he can, if he fixed some of those issues in AAA, mainly, you know, making more contact and making more consistently hard contact, uh, that he can still be a very good player at this level. He's only 23 years old. And I feel like people sometimes forget that. Does he look a little slim down to you? Uh, I don't know about slim, but he looked more athletic in the batter's box. Like mm. the swing didn't look like a blacksmith. It looked more like a, an artist, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's kind of had flow to it. It was quicker. And, you know, in the past we've seen Kalnick just look like he's, you know, a giant carrying a toothpick at the plate. And, and it just, it didn't, it didn't, the swing didn't look like it had natural flow. Uh, today it did granted it's only one game. So we'll see. It wasn't against mm-hmm. top notch pitching, uh, but that's okay because, you know, that's just who he has to face. And, and Kalnick, face these type of guys in, in April and, uh, you know, in May and, uh, he wasn't doing this. So it, mm-hmm. it's definitely a step in the right direction. So, uh, not to take anything away from Jared, I, I would just, you know, be a little cautious here. We have to see how it plays out, but my assumption is we are going to get to see him a lot. I said this yesterday on CTZ when, you know, we found out that he had been called up and, uh, there's really no reason to call him up if you're not planning on playing him. 60 70% of the remaining games. It just it doesn't make sense. Yeah, um, and Scott Service saying to the, uh, after the game today that uh, he will get plenty of opportunities to play and 
part of that, of course, is the Julio injury, which we'll be talking about in just a moment. But, you know, this is, uh, I mean, this is now uh, the 12th straight game that he's gotten a hit in. Um, you know, if you count his uh, AAA games, um, it's like his seventh or sixth or seventh multi-hit game in that span as well. Um, and, you know, you look at the home runs specifically, you know, just going back to the swing and how fluid it looks, it's a difficult pitch to drive the way that he did. That's a 95-mile-per-hour sinker near the bottom of the zone, uh, and he got around it. It's, it's a cookie for a lefty. Mm, I mean, it was, it was long, 90, it was 93. On the inside corner. It, it, was, it was, was 90. It was 95. It was inner third. It was, it was about thigh high. Like that's. It was, ni- was 94. I'm not going to give him credit for hitting that pitch. He sh- a good hitter should hit that pitch regularly with authority 440 feet though not 440 feet but he should hit it hard and Kelnick did and that's the difference between Kelnick and just another player right is that Kelnick can do that and Kelnick uh you know in at his best isn't going to miss that pitch that often and and you know for again for the first 500 most of the first 500 plate appearances that's a pitch he would miss or he would roll over on it or he would pop up like that that's so it's still a good sign but like i don't want to go crazy with it that that was a pitch right in the right in the loop zone and he didn't miss it which is good because again in the past he has but i'm not gonna say that was a really really hard pitch to hit it's it wasn't exactly a cookie but it i mean it wasn't like you know george kirby's two-seamer over the inside corner. No, but I mean, you know, that's a that's a pitch that he will or ha- has missed in the past that he's not driving like that in the past. Like that's a good sign to me at least. It's it's a it's a pitch that Jesse Winker this year has seen a lot and he has uh fouled it off his foot essentially. And Kelnick didn't. So that that's good. Um it just I don't know. I I didn't think it was like a particularly amazing piece of hitting aside from the distance. <laughs> he's so strong. Uh, and you know, bat speed's not an issue with him. So, uh, it's again, it's a pitch that I think most good lefties hit hard, probably in the gap, um, or, you know, hit it hard and see what happens. Not a lot of guys can turn that pitch into, what was it? 435, 440, whatever it was like, that's the difference. And he hit it so high too. That's the other thing. I think the apex was like 120, 120 feet in the air. Like it was it was a boomer and, and uh, they needed it because it was, it was right after the beginning. Right. And it's like, Oh no, here we go again. And, you know, got, got them right back on track and, and the momentum, you know, he was able to, to kind of start pushing the boulder back up the other side of the momentum hill. And it, uh, it worked out. The data on it, 427 feet, 33 yeah. degree uh, launch angle, 108.4 miles per hour off the bat. Yeah. Um, yeah, so just absolutely smoked off the bat. All right, we're going to be talking about how the uh, – or just all about the Julio Rodriguez injury. We're going to also be talking about George Kirby's day in uh, just a moment. But real quick, a reminder, this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by Nugenics. Feeling like you just can't get in shape? It's not your fault. As men age, our body naturally loses free testosterone, the man hormone. It happens to every man and can make it more difficult to stay in shape and be energetic and active. Want more energy to counter the negative physical effects of aging? Nugenics Total T Testosterone Booster with Testafin will help you turn back the clock, re-energize your workouts, get you better results at the gym, and help you look and feel like the man you really want to be. Nugenics Total T contains man-boosting key ingredients like Testafin. It has been validated in five clinical studies shown to boost free testosterone levels in men. 
Plus, Nugenics Total T is the number one selling testosterone booster at GNC and can help re-energize your life and help you get back to the to the powerful, confident, good-looking warrior you used to be. Now get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T when you text MLB to 231231. Text now and get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you get back into shape fast, absolutely free. Text MLB to 231-231. Text MLB to 231-231. Message and data rates may apply. Terms apply. Available at newgenics.com forward slash terms. You're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen after the game. So, Colby, not a great day for George Kirby. Uh, The uh, average uh, velocity uh, was down about half a tick. He was really struggling to find the strike zone, which is very uncharacteristic for Kirby. It's the first time he's walked multiple guys in his major league career today. Three walks. Uh, and just could not get out of trouble. He was really tempting fate through the first few innings of this game. The A's finally got to him. A basis-clearing triple by Steven Vogt really broke things open for the A's offense. Uh, but that was also the only inning that they were able to score. Uh, Matt Brash was able to come in, limit the damage, and the bullpen carried it the rest of the way. Uh, but, yeah, what went wrong for Kirby today? Yeah, just control and command uh, at the end of the day. Uh, we saw a lot of near misses, uh, pitches that were close to the strike zone, but they were off by a couple inches, and he didn't get any of those calls. Uh, but that's fine. They weren't strikes. So um, it's not the umpire's fault. Kirby was just off by a little bit. And, and you know, uh, Kirby's a pinpoint control guy right now. The off-speed stuff, it's it's fine, but it's it's not plus, right? It's, it's something that he still needs to work on. Uh, but because he has the fastball control and command that he usually does, um, and the and the control and command of his off speed pitches, like those pitches all play up. Well, if you don't have the pinpoint command and you got to challenge guys in the middle of the strike zone, the average, you know, good 55 grade stuff in the middle of the zone drops to 45. Um, you know, it's worth noting the big Katie gave up the triple. Uh, it was a blooper and it just fell right on top of the foul line. So it's not like it was crushed or anything like that. So a little bit of Babbitt luck there, but you can't walk three guys and then complain about Babbitt luck. It just, you can't do it. Not, not in three innings, three and two thirds, whatever it was. So yeah, for Kirby, it was just all about control and command. Uh, velocity was down slightly today. I don't know if that was uh, to try and, uh, you know, counteract the fact that he didn't have a good feel for, you know, with the command uh, to maybe try and guide pitches in instead of just throwing them. Uh, or if it's fatigue or if it's just one of those days where he just couldn't really get loose. So uh, to me, it's nothing to, to panic about. It's nothing to be concerned about. It's the first time we've seen anything like this since the Baltimore start. Uh, and, you know, we're getting to the end here. And, and you know, maybe there's a little bit of fatigue setting in, maybe. But we got an off day coming up on Monday. He's going to get an extra day's rest. And then Seattle can and probably will at some point really start to to consider skipping him, maybe going to flexing for a game or pushing him back another additional uh, start. So to me, it's it's nothing I'm concerned about. It's just it was just all about command and control today. And, and flexing, who's normally a or sorry Kirby, who's normally a you know 70, 70 grade control, sixty five grade command guy, was you know in the forties, forty five today, and that's just not going to work uh, with his current stuff. And it just felt like man. You know, you finally get some offense in the first inning. Mm-hmm. You get a three nothing lead, and then George Kirby, who's just been you know immaculate for the most part this season, 
has like one of the most uncharacteristic starts you could think of against one of the worst teams in baseball, against one of the worst offenses in baseball, an offense that's starting Steve Invoke in 2022. And it's just like, is this is this team cursed? Like, is like I don't believe in curses, but but it's moments like that where you actually like you start to doubt yourself a little bit. It's like, wait, like what what's going on here? Like, why? Why is this happening right now? Thankfully, the Mariners were able to mount the comeback and they were able to tack on some insurance and it was a non-issue. But it's just so like, I don't know, a lot of things that, that happened in the series. It's kind of inexplicable. Like, yeah. it's just completely, you know, um, unexpected and just out of nowhere and doesn't really make any sense. And and Kirby's start today, I think, was kind of the 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 peak of that. <laughs> like, it was it was the biggest thing that, that didn't make any sense in, in, in this series. And it's just like, I'm so glad we're done with Oakland because the last couple series in Oakland have been a nightmare. Uh, so really glad that that we're done with that that yeah. was wow yeah uh, it's it's such a it's a difficult ballpark to play in um largely because it's big and empty uh, it's tough to you know get juice from from the fans or anything like that and you know the mariners they kind of failed to produce their own juice the last two days and really the last few times they've gone down there so it's just going to be one of those things where you know you kind of you, you kind of write it off and, you know, be happy that you're done with, with Oakland. You only have one more divisional opponent left uh, and you get to play them at home uh, where, where there should be plenty of juice in the stadium for you. So it's one of those things they have to play better. Uh, you know, it's something that they'll, they can't really fix right now, but in the off season they'll address and, and the way you play better in those stadiums is you have a deeper lineup, right? You don't, you don't need Dylan Moore to get a big hit. You don't need Adam Frazier to get three RBI, uh, because you're you're just better than that, and so that's something that they'll address in the off season. But for now, yeah, it's nice to you know you're done with your road uh, AL West schedule. Um, now you just got three more road games, and you're back home to finish it off. And and you know we'll see where they where they land in in the wild card standings, and if they get to host playoff games or not seems unlikely. Um, but uh, we'll see. You never know. Uh, just gotta gotta get on a little bit of a roll here. Uh, at some point, mm. you gotta start stringing some wins together. Uh, you don't need a, a seven-game win streak, but can you win three in a row, four or five? Can you start to do that and kind of turn the momentum around before we get to the playoffs? Hopefully, we'll see. Um, Thirteen games left to do it, and the magic number is nine. So, mm-hmm. at least right now, yeah. Um, as we're recording this, Orioles up two nothing on the Astros. Actually, got two runs off of Justin Verlander. Go figure. Imagine if the Mariners lost this game. Astros are getting no hit, by the way. Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, that's fun. Uh, So potentially the magic number is not going down to eight tonight. We'll see. Right. Uh, Tampa Bay is up, uh, by the way, six to three in the bottom of the fourth, and they have two guys on with one out. So big series there for the Mariners. If you're a Mariner fan, you're probably rooting for Tampa. Mm. Um, They do have the tiebreaker on you, but, you know, it's going to be easier to catch Toronto if Tampa wins three or four, if, if, if Tampa loses uh, three or four here, you're pretty much guaranteed the six based mm-hmm. on how, how everybody's playing at the moment. So we'll see. So Mariners will see this A's team one more time in Seattle uh, for yeah. three more games. Uh, you know, they also get the Rangers and they'll have the Tigers right after the A's series. But 
thankfully, they're they're done in Oakland. Uh, they're done with the Coliseum. Uh, that place has been kind of a house of horrors for them this year, uh, as weird as it is to say that. Um, so it wasn't all sunshine and rainbows today for the Mariners, though. Um, you know, obviously the the Kirby start, but. Julio Rodriguez, after uh, doubling to lead off this game and later scoring on an RBI single by Mitch Haniger, um, ended up having to leave the game in the second inning. He uh, ran out to the field, ran out to his position, um, and uh, his back, which has been bothering him for the last week or so, held him out of a couple games uh, in Anaheim, uh, started to, quote-unquote, lock up on him, uh, as Scott Service said, and Service even went as far as to say that uh, it's concerning, uh, the injury. They're going to do an MRI tomorrow in Kansas City, and uh, Julio's going to get some work done, going to get some treatment. Um, I, you know, if it was up to me, and, you know, I don't know what the severity of the injury is, obviously. Uh, we don't know if it's just, you know, more tightness like how it was back in Anaheim or if there's even something worse, you know, fingers crossed, knock on wood, it's not. Um but if it's just kind of you know more of the same as it was in Anaheim, I wouldn't play him in Kansas City. Wouldn't play him in Kansas City, um, and an IL stint at that point shouldn't be out of the equation. Uh, if you feel that it's something that's going to take you know less than ten days to uh, for him to recover from, fine. But you need to be absolutely sure. You cannot do the same thing that you did with him last time. Basically, take his word for it. And just roll roll with him again, because like if he reaggravates it again, if you put him back on the field and say you know the second to last game in Kansas City or the last game in Kansas City or you know one of the opening games against the Rangers here, uh, and he react you know and he reaggravates it, uh, you're looking at him missing time in the postseason potentially. Um, so you got to use this little bit of time that you have left here, this little bit of buffer that you have left here. Uh, to try and get him healthy because you need Julio because I mean you know obviously you got to play the games when you get to the postseason but if they don't have Julio they're probably one and done yep two and Q this year um yeah it, it's one of those things the Mariners handling of their injured players down the stretch here has been puzzling uh you know and I, I know uh some of the on the Seattle beat disagree with that but you know, Ty France never went on the IL and Ty France never figured it out. I, you know, I just, is Ty France just a bad hitter now? I find that hard to believe. Um, so I, I don't know about that. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I look at a guy like, um, you know, that Mitch with his thing, they didn't put him on the IL and he's come back and Mitch hasn't been very good. Uh, you know, you kind of look at Julio, the, the back thing. No, we don't need to put him on the IL. We don't need to put him on the IL comes back, plays one and or two games in one inning, and all of a sudden he needs an MRI and he needs, uh, you know, some treatment on, on the lower back injury. Uh, it's the same thing, right? It's the same thing that popped up. Cal Raleigh's thumb, you know, we're not going to put him on the IL. We don't need to. And Cal hasn't been the same. He did have a double today. It was good to see. Um, and, he, you know, he caught fine. So um, it's just one of those things that the Mariners have been kind of I would say not cautious enough and I get why maybe they push it because they're trying to get that number one wild card. Like that's, I understand that, but at some point, right, you have to, uh, you know, you have to do what's best in the long-term future. And, and, you know, what good is it to have the home playoff games if, if Julio Rodriguez, Cal Raleigh and Ty France can't play in them. 
right? It, it just doesn't make a difference. So uh, I think for me, it, it, it's puzzling how they've handled this. Uh, my hope is, is that they didn't get an MRI last time, which to me is, is dumb, like objectively just dumb. Why wouldn't you, hey, I got a sore back. Oh, that's cool. We just paid you $400 million. Yeah, we're just going to trust that, that we're going to trust your word that you're healthy and that you can't do that with any player. A player is going to tell you he's healthy if he is, if he thinks he is, and, and you just can't trust that. So, yeah, we'll see what happens here the rest of the way um, with the, you know, with the uh, with the injuries. Uh, I wouldn't be opposed to putting Julio on the IL. Um, I don't think they have to uh, because there's really nobody they could call up right now that would help them uh, more than hopefully getting Julio back in four or five days. But they need to be extra cautious with this, and maybe it means you, you know, Julio DHs a couple times down the stretch here just to make sure of things. Um, it's just, it's just weird, right? Because he hit the double in the first, he ran the bases, nothing looked out of the ordinary, everything looked totally fine. And then it just all of a sudden went on him. Like it, it was, it was out. And so that, that's pretty concerning to me. So we'll see. And you look at the violence of Julio's swing on top of it. Like, yeah, I'm not surprised that there have been some torque issues uh, with Julio uh, just because the swing is so violent and so fast and so powerful. So, We'll see. I don't want to play doctor. Maybe it's something he just needs a day or two when he's back. But maybe it's something that he's going to be out four or five days, and maybe you should just consider putting him on the IL and making sure he's healthy for the playoffs. It's it's kind of a tough spot to be in right now, but you got to do it. Yeah, and if it you know if you got to put him on the IL uh, because it's an injury, you can bring Taylor Trammell back up. You don't have to wait mm-hmm. the ten days and all that stuff. So um, that's a pretty easy fix there. And uh, Kelnick looked fine in center field today, mm-hmm. so. You know, all things yeah, are good. He'll be okay. There, so, yeah, so you know he'll be fine there. And you know if you got to play Dylan Moore out there, you got to play Dylan out, Moore out there for a game for a game. So you know it's it is what it is. Um, but I mean you know just you got to play it safe. You got to play it absolutely safe here because mm-hmm. look, the the closer that you get to the postseason, uh, the the further your your magic number goes down, and it looks all but certain that you're going to lock up a wild card spot here. Like you said, you know, there's only so much you can do about the wild card one, and there's no risk in, in forcing these guys to play if you're not going to have them. You know, if you're running the risk of not having them for those games, right? It doesn't matter right. at that point. So, um, what you know, one one of the issues too is that they can't just cycle guys through the DH right now either because yeah, like half of their team should be the DH. <laughs> Um, you know, there's three or four guys who should be the DH on a nightly basis. And then there's a couple of guys, you know, Gino has to be the DH when he comes back and, and, Mm. you know, what are you going to do with Julio? Are you going to, I mean, you can't get Julio, Ty France, Carlos Santana and, and Gino in the lineup every single night together. It's, it's going to be a very tight fit, right? So just one of those things that it's, it's part of the issue, the way when you build your team this way. And part of that is because of, you know, injuries, but it is the reality. And so we'll see what the Mariners can do, uh, how flexible they can get. But, you know, the Julio concern is a concern. It's, you know, we'll see what they say again. I'm not, I'm not going to start to panic until we get more. We'll see what the MRI says. Um, but it's, it's obviously, you know, a pretty big damper on what was, you know, a, a good day and, and, you know, Ultimately, despite losing a series, their magic number drops by two again. So, yeah. so it just again, the the idea that you know the Mariners are in danger of missing the playoffs, no, 
they're not. They're not in any danger of missing the playoffs. Uh, what we're seeing right now is the high, li- high likelihood of playoff games. They're losing that uh, possibility. Um, still out there. Tampa Bay's up right now, 8-3. to three. Um, Houston just got its first hit. Uh, Brandish. Is it Brandish? Bradish. Bradish. Bradish just retired the first 17 many faced. So, so we'll see. Maybe Houston can win this game and you can drop the magic number again. But... Yeah, to me right now, I, I I can't care about whether or not you get home playoff games when the health of so many key players is up in the air right now. So mm-hmm. to me, if you have to sacrifice home playoff games to be as healthy as you possibly can, that's a sacrifice you have to make. You need yeah. Julio in the playoffs more than you need the playoff games to be in Seattle. Mm-hmm. So you got to do what's best for him. But yeah, uh, again, not concerned at all about, the, uh, about not making the playoffs right now because like Chicago is six back uh they have to be six games better than the mariners over their final 13 games 12 in order in order to uh well they got 13 including tonight uh, i think it's 12 including tonight but there's 76 and whatever 76 and 73 oh yeah so it would be yeah yeah, 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 yeah you're right yeah, sorry 13. Yeah, yeah 13 so so the you know that's incredibly hard to do yeah that's incredibly yeah. hard to do but Tampa just scored again. So, okay. So, um, yeah, it is. You know, I mean, like, if Orioles Seattle have to be five games better because of the tiebreaker, you know, they, right. If the Mariners go six and seven, you know, Chicago has to run the table. They yeah. they have to go 12 and one. Come on. Yeah. Come on. And if the Mariners go six and seven, Baltimore has to go 11 and two. It's just, it's not going to happen. Yeah. I mean, I don't even want to say the Mariners are going to go six and seven. There's a decent likelihood they finish better than that. But even if they don't, if they just finish six and seven, Chicago's not going 12 and one. Yeah. Baltimore's not going 11 and two. So to me, it's just about getting healthy. Get as healthy as you can for the playoffs. And let's, you know, cross our fingers and hope that a starting outfield against, I don't know, Cleveland isn't Kalnick, Trammell. Dylan Moore. <laughs> so yeah. fingers crossed, baby. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us on uh, the Locked On Mariners postgame show here. For Colby Patnode, I'm Tidy Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, that's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen after the game. Now make your second listen the Locked On MLB podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked On MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts, just like us. And with that, have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Peace.